Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to mini episode 232 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have three spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from November the 10th, 2022. And story number one comes from Mary. This happened last night. So I want to tell you about it right away while it's still fresh in my mind. My husband and I are the proud parents of a cherubic but spoiled four-year-old. My daughter is our pride and joy. And as she is our one and only, we tend to spoil her a little. At night, we always turn on the baby camera so that she can call us if she needs us and so that we can hear if she starts trying to get up and walk around. She won't call the same parent every night. Sometimes it's mommy, other times it's daddy. Last night, it was daddy. At around 3am, my daughter started yelling for my husband over the monitor. He hopped right out of bed and headed over to see if she was okay. I happily started to go back to sleep. I slightly opened my eyes and saw my husband was rounding our bedroom corner making his way back to bed. That was fast, I thought. I remember thinking how quiet his approach was as my husband is a power lifter and usually makes quite a bit of noise as he goes about his business. Somehow he looked different, more stiff. So much so that as he crawled in the bed, I reached over and touched his face to make sure that he was okay. I asked if he was alright and he nodded yes. He lay down flat on his back, watching the ceiling. I lay down next to him on my side, facing him. He seemed so still. I rested my arm over him. At one point, he reached over and squeezed my hand. I remember thinking that something about it seemed off, like he was worried or scared, like the way a child squeezes a parent's hand as they're dropped off at school. I made a mental note to ask him in the morning to see if there was something that was stressing him out. Then I gave him a pat on the stomach as I always do to signal that I was turning onto my side. As I did, I quickly glanced towards our monitor and saw my daughter asleep and her dad, my husband, asleep on the trundle bed beside her. I think it took a second for my mind to process what I was seeing, but I bolted up and looked over at the other side of the bed where just a few seconds ago someone had been laying beside me. Then I frantically looked back at the camera and there he was standing over my husband and my daughter watching them sleep. It looked up and towards the monitor. Then, the baby cam went black and I panicked. I ran over to the room and quickly turned the lights on. Nothing. I asked my husband if he had just been in our bedroom and he said no. That when he went to check on our daughter, she was so fidgety that he knew she would be calling him a few more times, so he decided to just lie down on the trundle bed to avoid having to walk back and forth. I told him what happened and went over to the monitor. 
It was still plugged in, but dead. Unfortunately, this is not the kind that saves recordings on the cloud so that you can go back and see it later. What I saw was gone forever. I've tried to play the events over in my mind a few times. If it was sleep paralysis or some very vivid dream, how do you explain the monitor? It just makes no sense. I will say that at no point while it was next to me did I feel fearful. I don't think this thing meant us any harm. I feel like it gave off a vibe of sadness. I feel like it was scared. Scared? It was scared? I'm scared reading this and I wasn't even there. This story made me feel prickly all up the back of my neck. Like, just be yourself, ghosts. Stop trying to be somebody else. There is no need to pretend to be this woman's husband to go and lie sadly in bed with her and then look up at the monitor. There is no need. I honestly don't know what the crack is with all these doppelganger stories. I don't understand what they're trying to achieve. Is it a case of... Like you said, Mary, I'm going to give you, not you, the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give this the energy the benefit, of the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's feeling really sad and maybe it's like watching you and your family. Again, creepy, but it's watching you and your family and it's thinking, I wish I had that. Maybe it didn't have it when it was living. Maybe it wants it in the afterlife. Maybe it's lonely and therefore takes on the body of your husband to try just for a fleeting moment to feel what that feels like. Again, there are major problems in the afterlife with consent and communication. And story number two comes from Leisha. In general, I consider myself a bit sceptical about an afterlife, but I genuinely have no explanation for the two experiences and full-heartedly believe these encounters were not of this realm. My first experience was in Virginia in 2011. I was living with a girlfriend at the time who had told me on more than one occasion that she had a family spirit that she had inherited. My cat Flynn would meow or talk to random empty spaces and she would say that he was talking to the spirit of her ancestor. I laughed it off and never took it seriously. One night Flynn, who was rather fluffy, got into something and was making a huge mess. I was exhausted and didn't want to deal with it right at that moment and decided to put him in a kennel and would bathe him in an hour or so after a bit more sleep. He started meowing and as I laid there the kennel door started to shake in a manner that was similar to if a person was pulling on the door. The shaking intensified for about 10 seconds and then stopped suddenly. The moment it stopped I felt a pressure at the foot of the bed as if two hands were leaning on either side of me. The pressure climbed upwards over me as if someone was directly on top of me and there was a low human-like growl. I could practically feel the breath on my face. As soon as I had the thought, I will let Flynn out, it went away. I immediately woke up my girlfriend and asked if she had just heard or felt it in bed with us. She hadn't, but insisted that it was probably her family spirit who was just being protective of my cat because they're friends. When we went our separate ways a year later, Flynn never talked to empty spaces again. It seems he didn't get to keep the ghost friend in the breakup, which I was fine with. The second story happened in Alnwick in 2022, as my now wife and I were wedding planning. We were staying at the Dirty Bottles Inn, which we knew to have a spooky history. Our first night, nothing eventful happened. The second night... I was awake and on my phone because my wife was snoring quite loudly and I suddenly felt that someone was in the room with us. I was turned away from the window but in some way 
it was like I could see in my mind a man was there. Unlike my first experience though, I felt very calm and not at all threatened. He was leaning against the window and gazing rather sadly out of it. It felt like he just needed a quiet moment to himself and I remember not wanting to intrude on him. I think he was grateful for the privacy and after a few minutes I felt that he had gone. I rolled over to assure myself that he was gone and made a note in my phone to be sure that I was awake and not dreaming when it happened. A bit less dramatic than my first experience but it solidified my belief that both experiences must have been real and not dreams. We will accept a ghost who interacts with cats and who has cats' best interests at the forefront. We'll accept that. Do I again think there is a better way to communicate this? Absolutely. However, cats need some love. Always. Cats need love from the living and from the afterlife. So I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that. You can also just imagine the smugness of the cat in the kennel. And I totally understand. You know, you're like, please just give me another hour to sleep and then I'll sort out everything. But for now, just shush. Just shush for a minute. And then demon or whatever comes along and is like, no, this cat needs to be sorted out right now. That cat is sitting in that kennel, smug as shit. You absolutely know that is happening. And secondly, like, I don't know what is going on with everybody who is listening to this podcast. Why are you all so infinitely brave and accepting of these things? Like, if I woke up and I had this feeling there was a man in the room, I wouldn't be like, oh, he's feeling a bit sad. I need to give him a moment. I'd be running around screaming. I'd be air punching and air kicking. And if they happen to get in the way, it's their own fault. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And story number three comes from Lawrence. It is worth stating, even though I have a somewhat of a morbid curiosity in the paranormal, I guess I will always try and find the most logical explanation. The women on my mother's side of the family apparently have psychic abilities. But alas, I have the wrong appendage, so lack such gift. Growing up, my father found great amusement in the family shining, and he would often wind up my gifted aunt and grandmother, not by mocking them, but in his own subtle way through researching into the idea of the afterlife and playing along. This led to my mother doubling down in denial of the paranormal, and eventually my father finding a fondness of it. As children, my father would often take us to mediums and psychics. Derek Akor even once told me that I would have four sons. Well, I had a daughter eight years later. Up until only very recently, I would have said that all mediums are charlatans. Derek Akor certainly was. 
but this has changed recently. So let me tell you about my house in Castle Street in Thetford. We bought a fixer-upper in early 2019. It was built in the early 1800s, but our historian friend, the resident historian for Norwich Castle, believes from the exposed brickwork some of the materials would have been taken from the medieval abbey ruins, as apparently they used to have total disregard for local heritage and, hey, free bricks. We had a choice between two properties, one that was perfect on paper with high ceilings, early 1900s character features, with a brand new kitchen and bathroom, but inside it just felt wrong and oppressive. The atmosphere wasn't right at all, and of course Castle Street, having suffered years of neglect and in need of a complete renovation, but inside... It just felt right. On the first day in our new house, while moving a box of crockery to the kitchen, I felt a hand being placed on my shoulder. I knew my wife was not with me, but surprisingly, I was totally fine. I didn't feel threatened at all, dare I say it, even comforted. I didn't want to tell my wife this for two reasons. Mainly because it genuinely sounds more threatening than it was, and secondly, she is particularly sensitive, and let's say more attuned to her spiritual side than myself. I am the first to come up with a logical explanation, but could not explain this away. As the weeks went past and I suppose the weather became kinder to my elderly and arthritis-riddled neighbour, she decided to introduce herself to me as I was unloading the shopping by asking whether I knew that the house we had just bought was haunted. Again, I was thankful Anna, my wife, wasn't with me. As my father's son, I wanted to know all about it. Where did these stories come from? Who is this phantom? What happened in my house? My curiosity in the property at this point was through the roof after having found a bricked up doorway in our cellar while ripping out some previous owner's terrible attempt at a sauna. I'd also just found out that there had been evidence of tunnels found between the old priory and properties in Castle Street, so perhaps this could be related. Pat, as my neighbour had now introduced herself, didn't disappoint. She was a fountain of knowledge. We spoke for about 25 minutes and it was worth the melted Cornettos just to hear about everybody that had lived in the property for the last 60 years. My curiosity was killing me towards the end of the conversation. So, I said, tell me about this ghost. Pat, as a young woman and a newlywed in the 1960s, used to babysit the children for the family that lived in the house at the time. She was very impressed that I knew this would have been the Scarf family, courtesy of the mountain of deeds I had studied. Mrs. Scarf would tell her that at night she would hear the sound of firewood being moved around in the cellar and as such she wouldn't go down there. Mr. Scarf would often scold the children for going down into the cellar unaccompanied, not to mention moving the wood pile about, despite Mrs. Scarf's insistence that it was not them. In addition to this, Mrs. Scarf would also hear footsteps around the property when she was alone. In fact, she was grateful for the compulsory purchase in the early 1970s for the local council. When the adjoining ironmongers burnt down, this caused significant damage to the property and created the opportunity to build a road parallel to the house and remove some abandoned slum housing a few hundred yards south. Naturally, after saying goodbye to Pat, thanking her for the information and inviting her in for a cup of tea as soon as the property was done, My first instinct was to go down into the cellar and tell the plasterer working down there the ghost story. I thought, as he's a bit of a lad, he might find it amusing. 
but I was wrong. And he shared with me some of his own experiences in other local properties. I didn't put him down as a believer, but I guessed that I was wrong. I thought little of this story while we were renovating the cellar, perhaps having soundproofed the room for it to serve its new purpose as a studio, I was oblivious to any activity. Because as the weeks and months progressed along with our renovations elsewhere in the property, it appeared that the activity followed us and centred around the change we were bestowing on the house. As I alluded to earlier, I believed at the time that I was a sceptic. Old houses do make noises. Old electrics are likely to cause flickering lights. Creaks and bangs can and do just happen. Wood in particular expands and shrinks and with it, nails and ironmongery is likely to create noise. But with these sounds emanating consistently, it was getting difficult to explain what was becoming a daily occurrence away. Footsteps, on the other hand, are near impossible to explain away. I didn't necessarily become overcome by fear, but instead completely stunned with disbelief when home alone and the steps on the staircase behind me, from where I sat on the sofa, began creaking one by one until they reached the landing. At this point, I looked at my dog Harold, his eyes staring to the top of the landing when the footsteps slowly meandered around the banister. One, two, three, four, five, six. Above my head now. Then silence. It took me a minute or so, but I got up, grabbed my keys, put Harold's lead on and went straight out the door. Determined to use the impromptu walk to talk myself out of this foreign mindset, attributing what had just happened to the paranormal. By now it was 2021 and our aforementioned daughter had arrived. Things were ramping up in the house. Harold would bark on the landing waking us up seemingly at nothing and the bedroom doors, each latch operated I must add, began opening and closing themselves both day and night. This was not normal. They are too old and heavy to be moved by a draft, and having been in the property now for three years, we are fully aware of what noises and movements were natural and which ones weren't. Sometimes this happened with us there to see it, other times without. Also upstairs, the old boiler cupboard door, now a small bathroom door, was in fact so jammed by its underuse at the time it required a screwdriver and considerable force to create a fulcrum to pull the latch up in order to open it. One night around Christmas 2021, when our daughter was asleep, we admitted to one another what was going on. Anna had similar stories and we agreed that although we didn't feel anything sinister was happening, we would seek some clarity on what was actually going on, if only for the sake of our new addition. The next day, my wife contacted multiple mediums and within a week, she had vetted them and brought around her number one choice. Room by room, he went around. Living room, he felt nothing. We had seen nothing. Dining room, nothing. Going up the stairs, he went quiet. He was drawn to our bedroom where we sleep with our daughter next to us and he stood by the wardrobe beginning to pace up and down. He then proclaimed... Here. What's happened here? He asked. I admitted during the day before I saw the wardrobe door open on its own and that at around 3am the bedroom door opened by itself. I apologised to Anna for not telling her. 
but she also saw the latter and, like me, didn't tell me for fear of freaking me out in the dead of night. The medium looked at us both and said, I've been to many properties and I will also be honest with you. You don't necessarily seem afraid to me, but I have to tell you there is a spirit here. Anna and I looked at one another. She's... He paused. She's just... How do I put it? Another pause. Nosy. He went on to say, I think your little baby is intriguing her. And I sense she's happy with how you're taking care of your home. He then proceeded to tell us some truly terrifying stories from his career, but wouldn't leave until he was sure that we were both content in the knowledge that we were safe. Our little girl has gotten older now and things have calmed down, and much to the joy of my wife, my mother will rarely come around, as it recently came out in the wash, that she finds the house creepy. Perhaps she does have the shinning, to quote groundskeeper Willie. We plan to sell the house when we know what's happening with interest rates, not because the house is haunted, but frankly because the local schools are terrible. Just this week, my daughter's vocabulary has adopted the word nanny. She can already say nana, referring to Anna's mother, and she loves to video call her. As I've been away, when FaceTiming her this week, she glanced down at the phone and said, Nanny, Nanny, and looked up. No, Anna said, Nana is at home, we're speaking to Daddy. Nanny there, she responded, and pointed to the top of the stairs. Ooh, you guys are smashing it out of the park with the stories at the moment. Oh, I love a self-proclaimed sceptic as well getting spooked in a place you know I know there's lots of people who get really annoyed with me when I'm skeptical about things and when I'm like no that can't be real because of this or maybe this happened or that happened or whatever so I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are waiting for me to get my paranormal comeuppance but that does not mean that I don't enjoy when other people do too as a side note Lawrence I very much appreciated the Simpsons reference that episode is one of my favorite episodes of the Simpsons and uh, he's got the shinning is a line that I use regularly in life I love that your spirit is actually just a nosy older woman who wants to see what you're doing, wants to see what renovations you're doing to the house, wants to see your little daughter, wants to just keep an eye and know what's going on in your life. I love that. I think that's really sweet. And at least, even if it is does feel a little bit unnerving, at least you can tell yourself, hang on, this isn't anything terrifying. This is just an older woman who is checking in and wants to see what we're doing to the house and wants to see our little baby. Totally makes sense. Do we need your daughter seeing her at the top of the stairs? I don't know. I don't know if we do. I don't know if you needed. If I was on that FaceTime call, I'd be like, oh no, oh no, we're we're going, we're, we're getting some interference. Oh no, I'm struggling to hear you. And then just hang up. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Mary, Leisha and Lawrence for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from November the 10th, 2022. And if you are desperate to send in your story, you can email it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I will see you next time. 